your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you, we give it up. It is yours, yours is the kingdom, yours is the power forever and ever. We are yours, we belong to you. Everything we have, everything we do is yours, Father. Thank you so much for bringing us all here today, God. God, I pray that you open our hearts, you open our minds. Father, come here with us, be with us in this place. Teach us, let us know you, let us love you. In your name, amen. All right, go ahead and have a seat, y'all. Yeah, don't be shy. You can clap. Oh, somebody down there was just waiting for permission to give it up. This is a place where you can participate, right? You can participate. So this is week five of our Magnum Opus series where we're going through the book of Ephesians. Pastor Witty and Pastor Brent tagged me in today and I'm coming off the top rope, all right? And I'm ready to go. So again, don't be afraid to participate, I'm telling you. Do you guys like the show Antiques Roadshow? Yeah, I love Antiques Roadshow. It's one of my favorite shows. Now, if you've never seen it, it's a show on PBS and it's like the combination of like a garage sale and an auction. Right, people go and they take their stuff and they get it appraised and evaluated by experts and the experts tell them what it's worth. And a lot of people bring like sculptures, painting, books, toys, and they take it in, the experts tell them what it's worth. Well, in 2012, Antiques Roadshow was just down the road in Corpus Christi and a man brought in a painting. His great-grandparents had purchased it in Mexico 80 years ago and it hung in his family home. But nobody thought much of the painting, so they hung it on the back of a door. So nobody really saw it much, nobody really interacted with it, nobody thought it was that great. But see, this guy said, maybe this painting is worth a little more, and he took it in. Well, what he found out is that this painting was painted in 1904 by world-renowned artist Diego Rivera. El Abanil, the bricklayer. And you know what this was worth? A million dollars. Seven figures hanging on the back of a door. It's hard to tell a masterpiece sometimes. It's hard to spot it if you're not an expert, even if you are an expert. See, this painting had been hanging on the back of a door, but it had always been worth a million dollars, even when nobody cared about it. It was always worth a million dollars, but it meant for us to find out it was a masterpiece, someone had to believe. Sometimes we feel that way, right? Some of us feel like all we're worth is hanging on the back of a door. We don't feel like masterpieces. We don't feel like we have incredible worth and value. We don't feel like we're God's greatest creation because we're unemployed. We're struggling in our job. We hate our job. We're underpaid. And our worth feels like it hits the floor and we're struggling with it. We have chronic illness, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and other mental illness, and we don't feel like we have any value to ourselves or to those around us. We don't do what's right. We cheat on our spouse, we watch porn, we steal, we break the law, we struggle with addictions that we try to wrestle to the ground and get better, but we can't, and we're ashamed. Maybe you're in a relationship where you're having the same fight over and over and over, or maybe you're jumping from relationship to relationship hoping something gets better, but we lose hope that it ever will. 
Maybe none of those situations describe you. You're just angry, afraid, alone, stressed out, isolated. For many of us, our lives don't feel like we're God's masterpiece, and they don't look like it either. We feel like all we're worth is hanging on the back of a door. Do you really think God created and redeemed you to hang you on the back of a door? Is that really all you are? Well, the apostle Paul didn't think so. He thought we could be more, and he wrote this letter of Ephesians. This is what he says. When I think of all this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. See, when Paul says, when I think of all this, when I think of all this, he's talking about everything that he wrote previously, the three previous chapters of the book, everything that Pastor Whitty and Pastor Burnham are talking about for the last four weeks. When I think of all this, now if you haven't been here, you don't need to know what that is. You can always go back and watch, but you don't need to know that to be a part of our sermon today. And if you're new to this God thing, you're kind of checking out church for the first time and you're a little skeptical, we're about to do something that's a little bit different and it might make you uncomfortable, but we only do it once or twice, okay? So bear with us, don't freak out. What we've been learning in this series is that you are a? You are a? That's right. For we are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Well, in addition to learning we were masterpieces, we've learned a lot of other things. We learned about the buffet of grace. It's an incomparable amount of grace that God pours upon us and Golden Corral's got nothing on God's grace. We're chosen, we're adopted, we're loved. God is never going to send you back. God is never going to give you away. When you're in the family, you're in the family. You all are a masterpiece. Y'all are a masterpiece. And I love saying y'all. That's one of my favorite words now. And because of what God did, because of what Jesus did, we have new house rules. And those new house rules are you who are excluded are now included because of Jesus. We also learned there's so much grace, right? We talked about how much grace it was. Grace is like a big cake. When you've been given that much grace, do you keep it all to yourself? No, you give it away. We give that grace away. So when Paul thinks of all that, that's what he's talking about. When he thinks of all that, all that, he falls to his knees to pray. He falls to his knees to pray so that we know who we are. That's what he's trying to do. Pastor Brent told us we become what we believe. That's why it's important to believe the right thing. It makes me think of Black Panther. Black Panther is a great movie, right? It came out this past year. And here's what happens in the movie in case you didn't see it, right? Prince T'Challa, his father passes away and he's going to ascend to the throne of Wakanda. But before he does that, there's a ritual that you have to go through to become the king. And part of that ritual, it's a nice joyous celebration, but part of that ritual is one-on-one combat, right? You open it up to anybody from any tribe who wants to fight him for his place on the throne. 
And M'Baku, the gorilla man, comes from the mountains. And he says, this boy will not be our king. <laughs> and they fight. And I got to be honest, it's not going well for T'Challa. M'Baku is bigger. M'Baku is stronger. M'Baku is older and wiser. The fight is going real bad. He's kicking T'Challa's butt. But in one moment, as he's getting squeezed tightly, he leans back and looks over and he sees his mom, T'Challa's mom, the queen mother, and she says, show him who you are. And the fight turns around. That's what Paul is trying to do with us. See, you weren't just meant to hang on the back of a door. The spirit tells us who we really are. It confirms our identity in Christ. You are so valuable. You are so loved by God, he sent his son to die for you. The master sent his son to die for his masterpiece. That's how valuable you are. See, knowing that we are created and redeemed by God strengthens our souls, strengthens our core in a way no amount of sit-ups can ever do. (laughs) Strengthens our core and who we are. And the Spirit reminds us, because the Spirit reminds us, Christ makes his home within our hearts as we trust in him. Now, this isn't Jesus coming to hang out. He's not showing up for a party and then checking his watch and saying, okay, I gotta go, I got something to do tomorrow. He's at home. You become his roommate. He moves in, he settles down. He has a toothbrush. Boxes are unpacked, every drawer is organized, every closet is organized, everything is put away. He takes over your mortgage. He's not a guest, he's an owner. When he's in your heart, he is a permanent dweller. A permanent dweller. Once you believe, he never leaves. Once you believe, he never leaves. Paul continues, and that you being rooted and grounded in love, maybe you will comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge. When Jesus dwells in you, you become rooted and grounded in his love, like a tree or a plant. It makes me think of a story. A couple of weeks ago, I had to pull out a dead plant in our front yard. See, I'm not much for landscaping, but we had people coming to visit. And you know when people come to visit, you have to make your house look better than it looks the other 364 days of the year. You gotta like trick them into thinking your house is nice, right? And so I went out there to pull this dead plant. It had been dead for months. And to be honest, it never actually looked good. It was one of those plants that had like for years just been unhealthy. It was like a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, like one leaf and it was brown and it was ugly. So I went to pull this plant out and I think, how long could this possibly take? Cut to like three hours later and I'm still trying to pull this plant out of the ground. And I, I mean, I'm struggling, right? And so I'm down and I'm going, yeah! And it makes me wish that I didn't skip leg day <laughs> or cardio day. <laughs> or arm day, or all the days at the gym I skipped, and I'm pulling with all my might. I got so desperate that I had my six-year-old come and help me because I'm thinking, okay, he's got little hands. He can reach in and grab the roots, and maybe he can make a difference. Turns out he did not, but 
we still got the plant out. We pulled it out eventually. I was sore for weeks, I was so tired. But I learned something. I learned something. Even dead plants have deep roots. Even dead plants have deep roots. And the deep roots of your old identity that are rooted in your life, the picture that's only worth hanging on the back of a door, that has deep roots in your life. But you wanna know the real reason that plant was so hard to pull out? A healthy plant had grown a root over and was taking all of its nourishment. See, when you know your new identity, that new plant is gonna take all the nourishment from that old identity, that bad plant, it's gonna starve it and it's eventually going to die. Even dead plants have deep roots, but when you know who you are, your true identity, everything can change. Remember who you are and remember who he is. When Jesus moves in, so he moves into your heart, right? When Jesus moves in, he's bringing love with him. He's bringing love with him. Now, God loves you more than you can fathom, beyond measure, beyond knowledge. Have you ever played the game, I love you this much with your kids? Right, you play with little kids and it's always like, I love you this much. And then they always try to get as big as they possibly can and like, I love you this much. Well, that's what God is doing with us. He's saying, I love you this much. And imagine how wide his arms are. These are the arms that made the universe. These are the arms that knitted you together in your mother's womb before you were born. This is the arms that created everything. And he stretches them out as far as he can. And he says, I love you this much. We can't even comprehend it, it's so big, but we just gotta believe it. We can't understand it, we just gotta believe it. That's part of our identity and who we are. We are not meant to hang on the back of a door. So why is all this identity stuff important? Why do we gotta believe the right thing? It's a concept called target fixation. Some of our military folks may know about that, but target fixation is the concept that you can get so focused in on an object, so focused in on something, you get tunnel vision and you can't see anything else and you just go that way. I have some experience with that. One time I was out of my uncle's house and he had some land and some property and he had just gotten a new dirt bike. And me and the rest of the family were gonna take turns riding this dirt bike. But see, I'm very much a city boy and I'd never even ridden an ATV yet, yet for some reason they thought it was a good idea to put nine-year-old John on a dirt bike. And so as I'm about to get on, my uncle goes, hey, John, be careful. There's some bales of hay over there. And then I get on the bike and my mom's like, oh son, be careful, there's bales of hay over there. And then my cousins and everybody else are like, hey, watch out for the hay bale when you get started. Don't run into the hay bale. What do you guys think I did? <laughs> I drove right into the hay bale, forgot where the brake was and just hit the accelerator and ran right into it. And I hit between two different bales of hay and so the wheel got stuck and I was just like, yeah. Now when you think of that story, you probably think the hay bale is like a little bit down the road. No, 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 no. The hay bale was about seven feet in front of me, about to that front row. This was the shortest motorcycle accident that's ever happened. It was just me going and running right into the hay bale. Now you laugh, but that's what we do when we fixate on our old identity. 
When we fixate on that old picture only worth hanging on the back of the door, we ride into it again and again and we live it over and over. You will live down to who you think you are. You will live down to who you think you are. So when you're struggling at work, struggling with your job, can't get a job, don't have enough money, school isn't going well, you think that you are worthless, so you will live like you are worthless. You're fighting addictions and you can't get over the hump, you're doing your best, you take one step forward, two steps back, and you're ashamed. And you start to believe that you won't succeed, so you start to live like you won't succeed. You're in failing relationships, jumping from one person to another, or the relationship that you're in is a disaster and it's not getting better. You start to lose hope, and not only do you lose hope, you start to believe that you don't deserve any better. And you start to live like you don't deserve any better. You're anxious, afraid, you're worried, you're angry because of what people have done to you. And you start to live down to what they did to you and how much they valued you. Maybe you're isolated, you're lonely, you're disconnected from people, you don't think anybody gets you or anybody understands. You believe you're not worthy of love because of what someone told you. And when you fixate on that, you live down to what that person told you you were. But when you fixate on your new identity, when you fixate on who God tells you you are, you can live like a masterpiece. When Jesus moves in, he is bringing love with him. Why? Paul finishes, so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. When you're rooted and grounded and you experience God's love, you are filled up to all the fullness of God. Now that's kind of an unusual phrase that you haven't heard in everyday life, but filled to the fullness of God means that you thrive because you become more like him. Through his power, through him living in you, you become more like God. You start to share his character and his power and who he is, and we can actually live like masterpieces when he lives through us. You are not meant to hang on the back of a door. See, at City Church, we believe you are meant to believe and thrive in Christ. And this is a place worth coming to. This is a place worth coming back to. This is a place worth giving to. This is a place worth investing in. Why? Because this is a safe community of grace for all people. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you think is keeping you from God. It's not true. You can become a masterpiece here. This is a place for all people. All people. And no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, if you're not, if you're like, I don't know about this God thing, or you've never found faith, or you've never believed before, you can do that today. You can find faith, and it's real simple. All you need to do is believe. That's all you need to do. See, so often we think, okay, I'll be good, and then God will give me his grace. But that's not how it works. We have to get his grace to be good. You gotta get his grace first. And again, it's so simple. All you have to do is believe. There's not a magic prayer, there's not any of that. Just believe and have faith and your whole life can change.
Because when you believe that you've been created and redeemed by God, that's how you know you're not meant to hang on the back of a door because that's what he's telling you, that you're valuable. He changes us. We start to see his character in us, the attributes of God manifested in us. That's his fullness. But we cannot move forward until we know who we are. Wherever you are spiritually, if you're at a good place, if you're at a bad place, if you're stuck, whatever, you can never move forward to the next step until you understand who you are. You're just going to keep stalling again and again and again. Think about it. Think about Cinderella. It's like Cinderella. She was a lowly servant to her evil stepmother and stepsisters, but then she became a princess. Luke Skywalker was just a whiny teenager in the desert, but he became a Jedi Knight. Harry Potter was a neglected and abused child locked under the stairs, but he became the chosen one. They were always special, but they had no idea. They didn't believe it, but everything in their world changed when it was revealed, when somebody told them who they were and all that specialness unlocked. They were no longer outcasts. They were no longer excluded. They were no longer a picture only worth hanging on the back of a door. But they had to be told before they could be who they were. That's why we love those stories. These are our stories. And that's what Paul is doing for us. He's trying to tell us who we are in Christ because when we get it, we can thrive. What made you believe? that you were only worth hanging on the back of a door. Who made you believe that you didn't have value? What made you believe in that old identity? Well, I can tell you what it was for me. I grew up and I didn't know my biological father. I had a great family, a mom that loved me. I even had a father figure in my life. See, there was a wound from birth when you don't know your biological father. Because even though you don't know it, you start to carry the weight of it around with you and you start to think, well, I must not be worth sticking around for. I must not be worth love if you left before you even met me. And when you carry that identity, when I carried that identity in my life, it created havoc in all of my relationships. See, because I was convinced anybody that I loved, anybody that I trusted was going to leave. So I did everything I could to keep them to stay, right? You do everything you can to please people. You avoid conflict. You push your own feelings down. You try to learn everything you know about them and just do everything they want to do so that you can keep them so that they don't run away from you. But so often it backfires because that's the very thing and the very reason people leave. It's wreaked havoc in all of my relationships, this identity that I'm not worthy of love and that you are going to leave me. So today, this is what I'm gonna ask you to do. We're gonna to go to God's antique roadshow today. I want you to take that picture, your old identity, and I want you to take it off the back of the door. And I want you to take it to God, the expert, the master, the creator of all things. I want you to take that old picture and I want you to ask him to show you 
what you're really worth. Ask him to show you your true value. While you're doing that, the band is gonna play a song. But there's something I wanna tell you. No, there's something I have to tell you. Your identity is greater than your insecurity. Your identity, who you are, is greater than your circumstances. Your identity is greater than your shame. Your identity is greater than your fear. You are chosen by God. You are not forsaken, you are not cast out. You are included by God. You are no longer excluded. You are loved by God. You are adopted into God's family and he ain't ever given you back. You're in. You are embraced by God. Did I mention that you were loved by God? And you are redeemed by God. You took your picture to God, the creator, the master, the expert. What did he say you were worth? I know what he told you. I already know what he told you. You are his magnum opus. You are his greatest creation. You are a masterpiece. I'm going to need you to say it with me. Say, I am a masterpiece. Let's do it one more time. I am a masterpiece. And what I saw so clearly is this art gallery of priceless paintings, hundreds sitting right in front of me. It puts the Louvre to shame. It puts the New York Museum of Art to shame. This is the greatest collection of art this universe has ever seen right here in this building. 